Shut up and sit down. I'm Dr. Corbin Weaver, an OB-GYN resident. I'm Dr. Katie Wyatt, and I'm one too. And I'm Dave Etler, their pod father. And, and we, we are, are the Vagabonds. Three friends venturing through the world of feminism and healthcare for women, babies, and people of all kinds. We don't give medical advice, and we don't speak for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having in bars anyway. Woo! Hello. Hello. This week... We're going to be talking about um, what we actually do in residency and why people get confused when we say we're on GYN. All right. Uh, Excellent. How's everybody doing? Hanging in there. Tired. Yeah. I think the question is more relevant for you guys. We need you to give some hope in our lives, Dave. You need me to give you some hope? Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, we could we could talk about the uh, the how the children are our future. Yeah. And how you're helping to bring those children into this world in a healthy uh, way. Uh, we can talk about. Yeah, that's all I got. It's Thanksgiving week. I don't that. Yeah. No, nah, I'm not going to talk about that because you guys are probably working on Thanksgiving, right? I'm working. Yeah. I'm not. Okay. Ooh. Well, there's, there's hope I'm for excited. you. I'm excited. There's hope for you, Corbin. Katie. Sorry. I'm coming home. Oh. Are re- you? Really? Mm hmm. That's how long exciting. do you how long do you have? Just like two days. Well, that's enough to stuff some some turkey and giblets in your maw. Indeed. Fantastic. Wait, Corbin loves her giblets. Do you <laughs> past um pod show host or co guest, whatever, I don't know words anymore. <laughs> Kate Lincoln Meyer is coming to my grad my uh Thanksgiving. That's good. Uh-uh. That's nice. That's oh, nice. Big that family Thanksgiving so then. Shout out to Kate. Big big family Thanksgiving then? Yep. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, it's just the four of us here. We'll we'll be fine. And then we're going to the Doctor oh, Who convention. Oh, oh nice. nice. Yeah. In Chicago? In Chicago. I am not I'm not attending. I'm just, you know, traveling alongside them. Uh Ari's gonna be all alone on Thanksgiving. Oh my god. Poor Oh, poor Ari. Poor baby. I am baby. working, but we're having a Friendsgiving on Friday. Oh, perfect. I love Friendsgiving. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm I saying? I also love Friendsgiving. Yeah. It's been a long time since I did a Friendsgiving because, you know. Here's you know. my plan for Friday. Let me just tell you about this. All right. So on Thursday, I work at 24, mm. meaning mm-hmm. I work from 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. So my plan for thing, for Friday is to take my food over to our friend's house that we're having it at, start the food, and then sleep in their guest bedroom until I need to get up. That is perfect. What are you bringing? Yeah. Uh, well... Us, me and Adam and Molly and Luke, that's our friends that were going to their house. We're kind of like organizing the whole thing. So we basically have all the food and then whoever's coming can just like come and Eat whatever. It. So we're bringing like mashed potatoes, ham, turkey, everything basically. Wow. Sweet potatoes, Brussels sprouts. Wow. All right. All. Fantastic. What's it? What yep. Corbin at your house, what is traditional Thanksgiving? All of those things. Yeah. Lots of casseroles. Yeah. Uh, green bean casserole? Oh, yeah. <laughs> corn casserole, green bean casserole. Oh, corn casserole's the best. I don't know what corn casserole is. Are we like we have- uh, Corn with cornbread. Okay. Oh, well, we have- some, Lots of butter. We have something mm-hmm. that we call cornbread stuffing, which is actually just bread with a lot of corn 
type ingredients, cream, Parmesan. Um, I think you've told us about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all because I love it. So I think one time when we were podcasting, um, Christine was making Thanksgiving for fun. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now I remember. Mm. Sorry to. Yeah, I can see that. Sorry to repeat myself. It's happening more and more as I get older. <laughs> but yeah, right. Thanksgiving. I do that literally every day. Yeah. All right. Well, should we talk about what we're going to talk about? I would like that. Yeah. I want to hear okay, more about so your lives today. What? I want to hear more about your lives. Yes. Well, you're going to hear all about it in this episode. Excellent. So, um, also, can you hear my cats meowing at the door? Yeah, they sound pretty desperate. <laughs> If they cannot be in on the fun and we're talking, they must meow at us. It's very annoying in the morning. That's all right. We'll have them on as guests sometime. Yes, they're very annoying. Um, But I love them because they're cute. Okay, so today's topic comes from the fact that people ask me what I'm doing in residency. And I say, I'm on GYN this month. And they're like, aren't you an OBGYN? And I said, yes. But that doesn't mean the same thing. So, um, Corbs, have you ever had this experience where you say what you're on and people get really confused? I think, yes. Yes. I think some people don't realize that. Also, I've had a couple, like, off-service interns be like, so you guys are just on OB all the time? Thinking that we're just on the labor floor all the time? Correct. Which is not true. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought I'd just talk about, like, what exactly we do as residents and, like, what our schedules can look like and how different they can look depending on where you go. So, basically, I'll start out with, like, my intern year schedule because I think it has, like, a really good simple breakup of what we do. So... The first and to be clear, you're and to be clear, you're an intern year now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. intern, this is a good. That's a good point. Intern just means that you're a first year resident. That's literally all that means. So there are something that's called like an intern year or a prelim year or a um, what's the other word for it? Transition year. That just means that you're doing a year of general things before you go to your residency. Specialty. So like. Yeah, so, like, some specialties have to do an intern year or, like, a prelim year. Like, anesthesia or radiology. Ophthalmology. Yeah. Um, but we're not doing that. ob is not one that does that. But you call any first-year resident an intern. So, it gets kind of confusing, to be fair. Um, anyway, so, my intern year is, like, a pretty good example of what we do in ob so my first year i mean my first month so our um, rotations are split up by calendar months other people are split up differently like i know corbin's is every five weeks yep so my first month i was on gyn so at the hospital that i'm at what that means is that on every day i rounded every weekday I rounded on the inpatient GYM patients. So this is any patient that's not pregnant, or actually technically it's any patient that's before 20 some weeks gestation and um, isn't pregnant and isn't like readmitted for a postpartum problem. So like if they had a postpartum problem, they'd still go to the postpartum service. But anyway, so I round on any patient that's inpatient for GYN. So this is like our post-op patients, our patients with like pelvic inflammatory disease that are getting like IV antibiotics, um, 
Like there's patients that like have abnormal uterine bleeding that's so bad that they need like a blood transfusion. So they might be inpatient, stuff like that. And it's also not including the cancer patients because that's a different rotation. And should we... So anyway... Should we cover what it means to round on patients? Do we need to go that? Uh... Sure. So that means that I get up at the butt crack of dawn. Just mm-hmm. kidding. I get up before the sun is up every single day. Yeah. And I come in and all the patients that are on the GYN service, I basically see them and then write a progress note and like make their plan for the day. So like if they need to continue their antibiotics or like if they can go home or all kinds, whatever they need to do. And then... The attending, well, that's me and like the other residents. And then the attending comes in and we round with the attending, meaning that we tell the attending like our plan and what's like what's going on with the patient and then our plan. And then they tell us like if that's good or if they want something else. And then we go see the patient and we update them on the plan and then we run along our merry ways. So then at my program on GYN on Monday and Tuesday, you go to clinic. So then I go to clinic all day. And while I'm in clinic, I'm carrying the pager. So like I take any like consults and stuff like that during the day. And then on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're in the OR. So we're doing benign gyne cases. Um, So this is like any gynecology surgery that needs to be done. Um, This is different. I feel like this is different than a lot of programs because a lot of programs have like all inpatient gyne and all outpatient gyne. But we combine ours. Is that that, uh, different for you, Corbin? Corbs. Sorry, I was dealing with already being an asshole. Um, You're what? <laughs> what? What? Uh, so, no, ours is kind of like what Katie, Katie does. Um, well, we have an inpatient team, but I go to um, the gyne. So the gyne team, the intern, goes to Copo Clinic and also Sterilization Clinic. The, the gyne, like, upper years go to pre-op conference or pre-op clinic but we don't go mm. to like just general like benign gyne clinic oh there's like yeah. that's kind of covered by like continuity clinics and people who are on like family planning rotations and stuff like that yeah um what is sterilization clinic um it's really people who are like it's really pre-op clinic for people who want tubal ligations Nice. But it's also like we counsel them on their options. So it's more like mm-hmm. contraception clinic. Yeah. But these people have like self-identified as people who are interested in bi- tubal ligations. Interesting. So you might, you, cool. you'll probably end up doing a tubal on those patients, but they may choose other things. Yeah. yeah. Most of these people end up with tubals mm-hmm. unless they talk them out of it. Right. All right. Um. Okay. And then I know, like, I know of other people where, like, when they're on GYN, they just, like, operate every day and, like, just round on patients and everything. Um, But anyway. We don't operate every day unless there's an emergency. Yeah. That's the other thing is that every, I feel like every GYN service always, you always are there to do emergent cases. Yeah. Like, no matter what else is going on. Um. Okay. Let's see. And then, okay, so then the next month I was on OB days, which basically means that I lived on labor and delivery. Oh, sorry. So many yawns. Um, it's almost my bedtime. Anyway, so basically as an intern, I would go on our service. I would go and I would round on all the postpartum patients. So obviously anybody who's had a baby or is like 
a postpartum readmit for a problem that they have. Um, uh, and then we go, we do table rounds at 7 a.m. So this is where like the entire team, so like me and all the other residents that are on days and then our attending and our MFM attending all sit down and talk about every single patient and like what the plan is and um, what like we have going on for the day. And it's like really good because we have the MFM there, which is really helpful because we have a lot of high risk patients. Mat- mat- um, maternal fetal medicine. Yeah. yeah. High risk OB. Right. Basically. right. Um, and then like for the rest of the day, I basically take care of all of the postpartum patients, anything that comes up that they need. And then I also see triages. Mm-hmm. So anybody, we kind of talked about that in the last episode. Yep. Um, yeah, the last episode. Yeah. And then, um, the next rotation I was on, oh, this was my off service rotation. So I was on ultrasound, which is one of our off service rotations that we do in our first year. So I just went to high risk OB clinic and worked with the ultrasonographers and like practiced doing lots of ultrasounds. And then I also like went to have my continuity clinic and everything. And then, um, patient with nights. So on nights, you're on labor and delivery. You're doing all that stuff. I, as an intern, you still take care of all the postpartums. You do all the, and then you also see GYN consults overnight. So like if anybody comes into the ER stuff and all, all that good stuff. So basically the moral of the story of my first four months is that even though I am an OBGYN and that's what we do, we don't do all of it all the time because you still like need to separate it a little bit to get like a lot of volume in any one thing. Do you like, like if we do you like jumping around? Ahead. Do you like jumping around like that? Or would you rather just, um, yeah, like at the end of the month, you're really tired of that thing. So you get a break. Yeah, I do. I will say nights is my favorite rotation because you kind of get to do everything. It's better. Um, cause I like, I don't know. You're, you're not just doing, night. you're not just doing one thing all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that like, if you like as a OB guy in residency, like I feel like most residency programs are very OB heavy. So I feel like if you didn't switch around, you would get kind of like so high that you would just like do so much OB that like you have to have protected GYN time. Otherwise you would like do so much OB and not very much GYN. Yeah. Yeah. Do the protected GYN time. Yeah. You'd get good at only one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like jumping around. And it's also nice because like, so first four months of our year, and then basically it repeats three times in intern year. So like my off service rotation for the middle four months will be um, family planning. And then my off service rotation for the last four months will be high risk OB. That's kind of why nice. Do call, just out of curiosity, why do you call it an off service rotation? Because really off service. Yeah. It's because it's like the only one that's where you're like not rounding. Gotcha. Yeah, it's not really an off-service rotation. We only have one true off-service rotation. It's ER in second year. We have sick you. But we used to do that. Care unit. Uh, we used to do that. Um, but yeah, what about your schedule for first year, Corbs? Um, so we have OB days 
which is similar to what Katie said, um, except we split the postpartum rounding between the night team and the day team, uh, the night interns and the day interns. Um, then we have like rounds about the uncomplicated postpartums with the night attending. And then we have table rounds. Um, and then we split our postpartums into complicated and uncomplicated. Um, yeah. And the second years see the uncomplicated or the complicated patients and the interns see the uncomplicated patients. And um, yeah. And then, you know, uh, as an intern, we always have an off service or most of the time we have an off service. So we split like the triage stuff with between ourselves. And um, if I'm not, you know, in triage, I'll help on the floor and stuff. Deliver babies as well. I delivered 47 babies last month. Yes. Yeah. But that was, I was on nights, which a lot of babies are born on nights. Um, nights is more like chill, I guess you could say. Why are all the babies born at night? Uh, just because they are. Usually because you start inductions during the day. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Got it. Um, yeah. And we have Gyne, like what Katie says. I, I was telling you a little bit about my schedule. Um, and that's also busy service. We have family planning, which also is family planning. Ultrasound is included in our family planning rotation. Um, we have, uh, it's called IPU. It's like an outpatient clinic rotation and we have let's see what am i missing here oh well i mean later in the year we'll have reproductive endocrinology and infertility rei yeah because they just made a like resident clinic rei resident clinic so Uh, that's cool yeah so that's kind of exciting but so that's kind of how it is um with ob days you have to get up to round and check out at night is it well it's at 6 p.m we got done around 6 45 today and but then you know if you have any like stuff to tie up at the end there's that as well guys what is the best part of residency that of uh, what is the best part of residency so far for you um Mine is like the patients in clinic who, when I see them and then I like schedule their follow-up, they're like, can I just see you? (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Why do you think they, why do you, why do you, what, what's your own assessment of why you're so awesome to those patients? Um, I don't know. (laughs) You're just fucking cool. I don't know. I just think like there's some like patients, I don't know. I like used to think that like I was really good with patients and that. I just like have a way with them, but now I just like, I don't know. I just feel like you like catch the right person on the right day and they'll like you. And yeah. then sometimes you can catch the right person on the wrong day at the wrong time and they hate you. So that's yeah. what's happening. What about you, Corbin? Best part of... Well, I'm very, uh, I'm very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Var- right now? Variable? Well, I don't know. Corbin, what's, cool. the, what's the best part of, uh, of residency for you? I mean, when you are learning to do things and then you start to feel comfortable doing it, it's like, cool. Like delivering babies, like when I delivered my first baby, I was so nervous, but now it's just like, man, we're just going to deliver this baby. And now it's like, man, I'm just going to soap that perineum and it's going to be NBD, you know? <laughs> 47 last month. That's a lot of uh, practice. Uh, it is a lot of practice. So sometimes it doesn't go well and you're like, can I do this? But yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've covered the best. What's the worst? And and don't you're you're not allowed to say um the lack of sleep or the workload. Oh, I was literally gonna say lack of sleep. I know you were. I think our listeners will uh will have gotten that impression from the many yawns of Katie in this podcast. Um, in this I think episode and others. about it is that like you're constantly being I mean, you're constantly learning in the sense of like you're not an expert and it's hard to feel confident about what you're doing and um you're constantly being like critiqued and it can just be kind of a lot to deal with on certain days you know yeah you're just like how about everyone just stop you know (laughs) for a minute Uh uh-huh i think for me the worst part is like that i feel like I like want to be perfect at, but I am not. And I'm like super hard on myself, like way more hard on myself than anyone else is. And it's like really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it strikes me as a very, um, you know, aside from, aside from like, that's, that's why I excluded workload and all that kind of stuff, because of course we all, we know that that's hard, but I, what I imagined, that's what I imagined you were going to say about the hardest thing, which is the, the constant like self doubt and the constant like yeah. knowledge that you are, you know, sort of nowhere near where you want to be. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's clear, like, obviously the only way to get there is to do exactly what you're doing, but man, it's a long, it's a long road. It's a long year. Do you think that, do you, do you think at this point that by the end of this year, you will feel competent or do you think that you will be just seeing the competency at the end of the tunnel? I think it depends on what, like, at delivering a baby, yeah, I think I'll feel competent. Yeah. But at, like, doing laparoscopic surgery, probably not. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, I mean, yeah, I would agree. There are certain things that you're... And you're just like, there's certain things that just like don't come up a lot. And so you're like, man, if I happen to be lucky and see this in my residency, I happen to be lucky. Um, But if you never see it, it's like, but then it comes up later. You're like, what are you going to do about that? So, I mean, there are just certain things like that don't come up a lot and they're just rare, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But the bread and butter stuff. Yeah. You think by the, by the end of this year, you'll, you'll have a fairly good sort of grasp of what needs to be done in most in many situations right yeah okay well i'm confident in you oh man thanks <laughs> that was so sincere oh man thanks thanks Dad. i'll share with you a email that my one of our attendings sent us that i feel like is appropriate for a lot of people out there so he emailed us today and it says, doctors, rec- this is for the interns in my class. Mm-hmm. It says, doctors, recently I had a party where I had several friends over. When it came time to eat, I went to the new grill on my porch. Three of my friends who all have more experience at grilling than I do came out to watch me grill. So there I was, the least educated, the least experienced, and the least selfisher asked to grill in front of people who are all more experienced and more confident. Does that experience sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, he can do it yeah yeah well that's nice do you do you uh well i won't ask that question never mind you couldn't answer it anyway on the show (laughs) i'll take that out you feel like our attendings support us yes yeah i do yeah yeah i think so that's nice to hear but i think they also forget what it's like to be a resident you know what i mean yeah 
Which I mean, obviously, it would be easy to forget. Yeah. It's long. Yeah. It's like very. I think even sometimes our chiefs forget what it's like to be an intern. Yeah, I, I, I imagine that uh, it's kind of a lot of it's kind of stuff that you want to forget. <laughs> you know. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, they got him. I'm, I'm done with that. I will now wipe the bad bits from my memory. So, uh, well, good. Anyway. Anything else? So, do you feel like you understand what we mean when we say what rotation we're on now? Yeah, I do. I do. Here's here's one minor thing that I don't understand. And this came up in our text messages earlier today when we were um, chatting about what time to get together tonight. Uh, Corbin, you said, um, let me get it here. This is so basic, but I just don't know what it means. Um, I don't have checkout until six. Oh. And then I've heard sign in and sign out. <laughs> like, I know these it's have... It's all the same thing. Okay. So I know these have to do with... Um, basically the end of your shift. Yeah. Mm. Or beginning. Or the beginning or of beginning, your shift. Yeah. Um, are you discussing with the next shift what has happened and what needs to be done and all that kind of stuff? Is that what this is? Yep. That's exactly what that is. Okay. So like on an OB floor, for instance, like checkout is like who's laboring. And then also we go over the complicated postpartums and like the antepartums. Mm -hmm. So high risk people who are still pregnant you're just doing that con laboring. you're just ensuing and ensuring the continuity of care happens between one, yeah, sh one shift and the next and that so things can get taken care of for the next shift and all that jazz okay and that like the next shift knows like issues with patients so that they can anticipate them and know about what to follow up on and stuff sounds pretty important actually very important Wow, well, guys. I'm so tired. Yeah. Me too. I don't, I think it's been years since I felt that sort of tiredness myself, except when, you know, like if I don't sleep at night, but it's, that's different, you know, like it's, you know, like, I guess that must be the closest I can get to imagining what it must feel like to come home from work for you guys. <laughs> like, yeah, like my bones literally hurt right now. Yeah. Um, Same. And I think that, you know, for people in normal jobs who don't have a problem sleeping, um, it's probably a bit hard to to understand what that feels like. Um, but sometimes I feel like I get a glimpse. And the only other time I worked that hard was when I was much younger than you guys are now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it wasn't as, maybe it wasn't as bad or something for me. I don't know. Um, but uh, I feel for you. Thanks. Thanks, You're man. Welcome. You're welcome. Let's talk about something I read about today in the news. Yeah, let's... Oh, okay. I mean, there's a lot of things I could discuss today, right? I mean, we, mm -hmm. we have uh, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos rescinding Title IX guidance. This is the, the, uh, the portion of the law that deals with how uh, schools deal with uh, sexual harassment and, and sexual assault, uh, universities, K-12, all that kind of stuff. Rescinded guidance from the Obama administration that helped that aim to help schools decide what to do about sexual harassment complaints and how to resolve them and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to talk about that. If you don't know about it, I would encourage you to look it up because it's kind of important. But uh, I decided that speaking of Betsy DeVos makes me feel like a victim of, I don't know, some other sort of assault. So I'm going to focus on something more uh, positive that I read about, which is the Southern Jersey Family Medical Center 
put on a free community baby shower earlier this month. It's an event focused on actually a lot of the issues we have discussed on the show, like uh, specifically increasing awareness of racial disparities in maternal and infant mortality. So um, like a lot of places in that state, uh, black babies die a lot more often than white babies. In fact, three times more often than white babies. And in areas like Atlantic City, where this took place, it's six times higher than white infant mortality in the state. So it's pretty bad. Um, but the event featured some of the some of the usual baby shower stuff, like like you know games and food and and uh, the giving of newborn necessity necessities like onesies and and stuff like that. Uh, they did raffle off onesies, supplies, car seats. That was kind of nice. But there are also workshops on prenatal care and maternal and newborn health. Um, and the state is going to launch a pilot program to offer birth coaching to people of color with uh, $4.7 billion and six community-based health organizations. I think this sounds kind of like a nice thing. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and, and it seems like something that a lot of, like, I hope this goes well. I, I think it's something that a lot of states um, could do. Um, what do you guys think about this? Um, well, I think, well, I think it's really good. I think it's like a huge like emphasis that needs to be put and i know like north carolina is trying to do something similar except for with maternal mortality Mm -hmm. where they like their high-risk patients they assign like a caseworker essentially to like help make sure that they get Mm follow-up and like i can't remember what else they do but basically it's like taking care of like the social barriers to healthcare, which has helped improve their maternal mortality rates and like especially the disparities between black and white women yeah so yeah, hopefully this becomes like more common emphasis. Yeah. Do you like the the uh, the birth coaching idea? I mean, I, I guess yeah, it I think depends so. what they do. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I mean, the article I read didn't go into many details about what that meant, but I mean, I think labor is. I mean, a lot of people don't know what goes on during it, and I think the more people have someone who knows, you know, what's going on and all that, it can be helpful. Yeah. Do you guys work with doulas a lot? I think we talked about this before, but I can't remember. Mm, not a lot. I mean, sometimes doulas and birth there, coaches. But... I mean, birth coach. I'm using birth coach and doula in a similar way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have. So, well, in South Carolina, it's kind of weird because we don't have any. I don't know. I need to look at the laws. But I th- somebody said the other day, I don't know if midwives can practice like in hospitals here. Oh. I don't know. I'm very confused. Well, so like some of our midwives are kind of like doulas. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Mm. I don't know. I miss working with midwives. I liked the ones at Iowa. They're awesome. Yeah, they're pretty good, I remember. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I don't know if I've worked with like an actual doula here. Okay. Same for you, Corbs? No, we work. We have, I mean, people bring doulas in. Mm-hmm. Also, there's like a volunteer service for people who like don't have any support. Um, that they there's like volunteer doulas that can come. Oh, that's okay. cool. That's good. Um, mostly the doulas are with like the private patients or whatever who come in. I remember one time I had there was this lady who had a doula and she came in and she just all of a sudden got to work like doing the things like rubbing the patient's back and like putting a towel on her head and I'm just like, oh man, this is like. I would not want to do this. Like <laughs> all of the like, <laughs> I don't know. All of the comforting things. You don't want to do that. Yeah. 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 Well, my, my thought, and so I want to hear what you think about my take. It's a good idea. I think it's something we should see more of. Um, I don't, 
I'm not sure that it does much to eliminate some of the other causes of um, uh, maternal and infant mortality. Things, you know, the, the institutional racism that causes these problems. Um, and mm -hmm. it seems more focused on the mothers and educating them, which feels a little bit like it's putting all the emphasis on mother's responsibility for for these yeah. problems. But that is part of it, though, because if like they're if part of institutionalized racism, though, is like the uneducation or like disenfranchisement of knowledge. of yeah, patients. OK, yeah. All right. So it is like providing them with the knowledge to like you know, know how to recognize when things are right or wrong with their own, you know, rather than relying on other people. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. That's fair. Totally. That makes a lot of sense. Not that I, not that it's all on them. I definitely agree with that. I just think that knowledge is like a form of power. Yes. I mean, I think this alone isn't going to do the trick. Like you said, right. it's a good thing, but it's not like, I mean, obviously we as a medical community also need to do some self-reflection and adjustment as well, but little piece of the puzzle, I guess. Yeah. Guys, Corbin said we need to do some self-reflection. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like our mug. <laughs> self-reflection, guys. Yes. It's important. An important component of life. My self-reflection right now says that I'm hitting a wall and I'm going to die soon. <laughs> oh. oh, well, maybe um, so. maybe before we get too tired, we should we should do uh, uh, fallopian files. Yeah. Do we have any? My fallopian file is Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's what's going to be my fallopian file. Say what? Wait, the new one or the old one? The new one. Oh, it's, mine's it's the old the, one. It's not Sabrina the Teenage Witch anymore, is it? No. It's like... No, the old one is, though. The old one is. It's... it's. Uh, what is it called now? Was you the new one or the old one? The old one. Oh, well, we you can be the old one. I'll be the new one. Okay. That's, a, that's amazing. All right. Sabrina, Sabrina the, the Teenage, teenage Witch. Witch. The old one. Because it's on Hulu, and we started watching it. <laughs> mine... I used to watch those reruns on TV. Saves. When that's I was amazing. a kid. With her, uh, also um, my other thing is Hulu because we just splurge for the no ads on Hulu and we're really living large now. <laughs> I think that's some BS that you have to pay for no ads. Just saying. Anyway, yeah, it is Netflix. Stupid, you I never have it. ads. But anyway, um, uh, my my fallopian files is the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. It's real good. Tell me, tell me that there is a, a a young male friend who climbs in through the window every episode. That climbs into what? Climbs in through the window every episode. Uh, he doesn't, there is a young male friend, it's Harvey. Uh-huh. I don't remember, yeah, I don't he remember. He doesn't climb in through the window every episode, though. Oh, that's disappointing. Does he appear in some other creepy way? Is that um, the thing that no, happened not in really. the first one? Didn't it, wasn't it Sabrina the Teenage Witch where the boy climbed in through the window? It hasn't started happening yet. Oh. Am I wrong, Corbin? I don't remember that. Maybe I'm mixing up my shows. It's not like it was an, I was an officiato of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but, you know. Okay. What's your fallopian file, Dave? My fallopian file is uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, oh creepy. I'm not watching that. Oh, uh, is it your creepy? Advice. It's a little creepy. Yeah, it's... Um, so I'm, I'm only on, uh, I would say, episode four at this point. There are some very creepy moments, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm for sure not watching that. But there's still a lot of exposition going on, so... You don't like... Guys don't like creepy shows? I get, I get scared too easily. You don't like the, did you, did you ever, did you watch, uh, I don't know, 
What creepy shows have you watched? None. Aside from the chilling adventures of Sabrina, the teenage witch. Me? Yeah. I don't watch creepy shows. Nothing at all. That. Nothing at all. All right. Fair Wait, enough. is Sabrina? I mean, creepy? I watch Supernatural, but that doesn't really count. No. It's not creepy in the same. It's not creepy in the same way. All right. I mean, Supernatural and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina aren't really taking themselves seriously, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like when the movie is taking it or show is taking itself seriously, it's more creepy. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right. Well, I'm clearly casting pearls before swine here. I mean, that's, you know, metaphorical <laughs> wow. swine. Metaphorical swine. Not, not actual uh, swine. Guys, I already am so low on sleep. I can't afford to lose sleep from a show. <laughs> true. True that. True that. Oh, man. All, All right. right. Well, well, then we got to let so, you go. Should we make an announcement about why we're going to every other week? Yeah. We it, forgot to do that. Yeah. In fact, so we, we actually uh, ended up skipping uh, a little bit yeah, more than whoopsies. every other week recently. Well, you know what, peeps? Yeah. We ain't got time for you anymore. We're yeah. trying our it's best. All down to, it's all down to me. My busy schedule. Uh, yeah. I just couldn't fit it in. Dave's too cool for us. Yeah. No. no. So really, basically, as you can tell from this episode, we're both exhausted. We both are very busy. We have decided to try to release a new episode every other week and an old episode on the other weeks. So hopefully we can keep that up. We yeah. hope that you like it. You still get to hear our voices. Yeah. And if you want to make it easy for yeah. us. If you want to make it easy for us, listeners, uh, send in some suggestions for things that we could talk about um, on the show. Questions that you have, um, things that you've read about. If you want to make it easy for Cor- easier for Corbin and, and, and Katie to come up with with topics and things like that, let us know. Send us an email um, at the shortcuts. <laughs> Send us a <laughs> send us an e an email um, at any of the contacts t- contact lists information that you see in our show notes every week, and uh, yeah. we can talk about it in the show. That'll make things easy. We appreciate it. Yes. All right, ladies, go get some sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.